Let's Talk Home Repair is sponsored by Matriarchy Build, who provide tele-DIY services connecting homeowners to vetted pros for one-on-one video consultations. Visit matriarchybuild.com to get guidance on projects as small as a leaky faucet or as big as a home remodel. You can even book a session with Amy themselves. Visit www.matriarchybuild.com. Tele-DIY. Like telehealth? Yeah. Cool. I know. I'm Alicia, homeowner. And I am Amy, general contractor. And today we have a special guest. We have Selena Fitch of Fitch Design Company. Yay! How you doing, Selena? Good. Thank you very much for inviting me. Absolutely. This is going to be fun. Selena is a designer. Tell us about your business. Okay. Tell us, tell us about it. Um, so I'm an interior designer. I work with everything that stays with the home when you leave, primarily. So fixtures, finishes, cabinets, um, all of that stuff is kind of what we work on. And so we design additions and kitchen remodels and bathroom remodels and space planning. Um, we kind of we kind of focus on starting with design development in the client. And then we go through like 3D renderings and what the space could be. And then we get down to construction drawings, engineering, surveying, um, and then also the specification portion of it, which is picking out the cabinets and the finishes and the fixtures. So we're almost we're almost like a one stop shop for design for residential remodels. Oh, okay. So do you but you don't do like throw pillows? I do. Well, come on. There are some it's interior true. designers, yep, right? right? Throw right. pillows and... If we do the whole home remodel and then it comes down to furniture, then yes, we'll incorporate it. But oh, okay. if somebody just calls for throw pillows, Snohomish County has a ton of... Uh, <laughs> Snohomish County has a ton of uh, stores that just focus on that. Oh, okay. I, I, I wanted well, no, to know. I was, question- I was questioning too because I looked at your process and... Um, I, my question on your process is once you get a pretty good idea where the client is, then you're just kind of off to the races. Is that how you kind of prefer since there's so many details that you kind of have to handle and they can't be changing and nuancing, you know, too deep into the process? Oh, you oh, think but they, they do. Oh, they, that's, that's so nice in thought <laughs> coming from the homeowner's perspective. No, actually, so each project we... We do have a process and we try and stick to that process as a base, but every single project is different and every homeowner is going to behave differently. So getting to know them during the consultation and the first meeting when we're out on site is kind of um, critical to understanding what's going to work for them. And we work with each client independently to figure out a process that works for them. Some people, we start with like measure the whole house, put Mm. it, put it into AutoCAD make a new 3D design of it, right? Um, And then we present that 3D design to the homeowner and we options and pros and cons and you can have this or we could go this direction, starting that real conversation because they have a visual at that point, they have a visual to go on. Mm -hmm. And then their juices start flowing because at first it was all like, you know, I don't like this and I don't like that and I want to change that and here's what I think I can do, right? It's all up, up in their head. But once you put that down into a 3D rendering and it's live, we can move things. If they want us to move the stove, we can swap the, swap the stove with the refrigerator. And so once they see that, then their creative juices start flowing. Mm-hmm. And so some clients are like, yes. And historically, it's always, been, it's always been like, yes, this is what we like. Let's move forward with that direction. And I think that lately we've had a lot of clients who 
want to explore more options. They like it, but then they go start thinking about it more. And I'm I'm still trying to noodle out what's going on, but I I think it largely has to do with the pandemic. Mm. And the need has changed. Previously, it was like, I want a new kitchen. I have disposable income. I want a new (laughs) kitchen. I want a new bathroom. Yeah. Um, And now it's become, this just isn't working anymore. I now have to be home an extra 40 to 60 hours a week, or I need to move my parents into my home permanently or plan for it. So there's just, so we get through that process. And lately it seems like it's just been taking longer because everybody wants to talk about more options, which is fine. It's just a matter of figuring out what works for them and how they, how they move. Cause some people are very visual and they want to see everything in 3d renderings and some people don't care about the 3d renderings and they just want to see 2d and get it done and over with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was one of my questions I was going to ask is, is has the pandemic um, made it, it, the market different for you? And, and apparently yes. Yeah. A Big- bathroom, a bathroom that they were, tolerating before is now oh my god i can't stand this and light it up with, get it yeah light it up with gasoline yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> are they not changing it would seem to me at this point they would kind of know okay their life may go back to normal has their perspective changed or has their situation really changed i think it's both you know the recession hit and the need changed from the recession we got a homeowner that is now going to have their forever home Prior to that, it was, we don't like it. Let's just buy up or buy Mm. another or buy a fourth and have all these rentals. After the recession, it became, okay, I'm going to stay here forever. So we should just put all of our money into this home and um, make it for us and not worry so much about resale value, right? Customize it for me. And, And then in the last few years, it's become even more of that in the Seattle area because you can't buy up. Right. Yeah. right. I don't like my home, right. but I'm not going to be able to sell it and buy better. Right. So that mentality has changed. Like the reason nobody is thinking about it, the reason has changed. I can't buy better, so I might as well just fix what I have. And then now construction costs are overwhelming. So it, I feel like people who are watching what's going on are just kind of like spinning. We're mm. all kind of spinning, trying to catch up with what's going on. And we just don't know what's going to hit next. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think there is a bubble. It's not going to crash. We're not going to all of a sudden get home prices down. Nothing's going to become less expensive. You don't think so? I, I mean, I was talking to my my son who is has been working remotely for the past year, and he's talking about all these tech people that are now they're working remote and they're they're making a mass exodus out of the city um, because they're they're going to be able to work remotely. But that might be a little premature. Because that's not going to be their choice. It's going to be their company's choice, you know. So I'm not sure that's settled. So I think that may happen, kind of what she's talking about. These mm-hmm. these weird things will take these, like, three-year little pockets of, like, oh, this is what the market is like now. Oh, next three years, this is what the market's like that. So that'll be interesting to see if that if they can stay away. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I think there's going to be different kind of jobs, certainly, right. you know, that yeah. lend itself more yeah. to Well, it, if but. they didn't have to, you know, rent a 40,000 square foot office building or lease it or own it, I mean, that would be a smart move for the business. And they're but. thinking about that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah. So design. <laughs> yeah. No, sorry. See, this is what we digress. <laughs> no, it's totally fine. I think that I live north of here. I live um, in North Linwood and our office is in South Everett. And I think finally they're making the push towards making Everett actually a, a better place to be and work. And mm, so mm-hmm. companies are allowing, they're getting like um, 
sub offices where maybe like we're based out of I have a, I have a friend who uh, she worked in the medical field and they made her come down to Seattle every day. And Ooh. then and then about a year ago or maybe a year and a half ago, they opened an office between her house in Seattle as a, as a sub office. So mm-hmm. she didn't have to come down as far. So I do think that, like, w- you know, we actually just signed the papers on a new home today. In oh, the, in, congratulations. In, congratulations. <laughs> in the North, er, Linwood, South Everett, Mill Creek area. And it, was, it is a bloodbath to get a home. I bet. It is an absolute bloodbath. And so it's also a bloodbath in Seattle. And that's not going anywhere. I think people who've been here will move out. But the new people that come in and the techies are going to see inside Seattle as being the place to be, regardless of all of the things that have happened. I agree. And you're still going to run into inventory problems because they don't have the square footage to build. And we're not building up as much as we should. So I think you're right. I think the Seattle bubble probably won't just because of inventory. Right. And I think when it comes down to is pricing going to go down? Where pricing has increased in the last year, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, Amy, because you see more of this than I do. It hasn't been labor. It's been the cost of materials and the cost of project management. Right. It takes more time for you to manage and track down where all your parts and bits are coming from mm-hmm. and what truck they got lost on mm-hmm. and if the boat capsized. Right. But the <laughs> right. the electricians and the plumbers and the subcontractors, they're not raising their labor rates. Mm. Yet. 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 They've been paid pretty well since the recession. I, say, I think they've, they've got a threshold <laughs> that they still can get. Well, uh, yeah, but I was just listening to the podcast asked. coming in and this guy was suggesting that during this time where it's such a hot market, why wouldn't you? Raise your prices. Yeah. It's like, oh. But it hasn't hit yet. So right mm-hmm. now, it's only the cost of materials and the cost of project management to track all those materials from a contractor's perspective, right? Mm-hmm. I've had, we also supply cabinet packages. Every single one of our cabinet lines has raised their pricing 3%, which is normal. 3% increase every year is normal. They're now between 3 and 9% for the year. Mm-hmm. And they're adding delivery surcharges. Uh, so wow. materials has gone up. Um, but I don't, that's why I don't think anything's going to come back down because once like, you know, once I'm getting that pricing for those cabinets, why would I drop that back down again? If the demand is continuing to extend my lead times out, why drop it? Right. Well, I'm hoping that the lumber prices go down because they're, (laughs) you know, 400%, which is absolutely ridiculous. So where are you in that? You talk a lot. Are you coordinating a lot of contractors so you're doing a lot of project management not construction project management but as part of your design project management yes so we are the there's two sides there's the design development of the project which takes it through meeting you on site and saying what do you want to i've got you a permit you're ready to build oh so we take on everything from that we do all of the engineering we do all the surveys um wetland mitigation we do all of that in house and then we hand off to Amy a complete package that is the permit, the construction drawings, the engineering, wow. and a specification book of all of the, in, like the verbal written dialogue of all of the interior finishes and fixtures. It is so nice <laughs> to have it, it just written Oh, it is so nice. Yes, yes. Anything no. that Amy can do not to talk to clients makes her very happy. <laughs> That is not true. I'm not <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> You're not supposed to say that. Like now it's on the cloud. <laughs> exactly. It'll never go away. No, but yeah. it's 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 really really nice to have that all defined. Yeah. And because for years we were going by you know asking the client what do you what do you want and this week they would purchase or we would purchase. Um, 
And is it there? Did it get ordered? And now we have, we've got a list, right? With this kind of relationship, how often do you get changes? Like, you know, we designed it with her and, and we loved it when we signed off on it. And now that we see it there, you know, are you seeing a lot of changes like that or no? Are they pretty much keeping to the, they, the plan? They stick to the plan. Pretty much. We're, we are so thorough about making sure they want what they are getting. Right. We're so thorough about it that there's not that you there's not any changes usually. We do get like add-ons to scope of work. Like Amy doesn't know this, but we have a client that reached out to me this week because they're in the middle of construction and now they want to add on LVT in the whole house. So uh. um so I kind of worked with them in the background and then we literally today sent her a new specification page with the LVT and said, hey, they want to add this on. Um, and then that gives her the opportunity. She's got everything she needs. She can just give them a price for it, sign, sign a change order and move on. So I think the most common ads during a project are ads to scope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. right. <laughs> if, anytime we design something, because I always say like, let's design everything that you want. Let's design it as you want it. Let's of course, worry about budget, but I don't want to preemptively cut anything out because it's so much easier to design and ask for everything you want, big picture. And then when you get that price back, you can go, okay, mm. I need to cut 20000 out. How do we do that? And then we can reverse engineer and just start striking line items, you know? And so most of, a lot of times what happens when we do that is then during construction, they add it all back in because there's a reason that we got to that in the beginning. You know, right. we got to it because it was necessary. And so that that's the most common, I think, changes would be bad adding back in scope. Mm-hmm. Mm. And which so we've done on this project. Which we have. Because yeah. <laughs> they, they talked to us about the flooring before, but they just weren't sure. And then as they see the house coming together, they're like, this is dumb. Why aren't we just adding this yeah. in now and getting it over with? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The whole mess, the chaos, the whole mm-hmm. everything. Just <clears throat> do it now. How hard, how hard will you push somebody when they have their dream layout, you know, and, and saying this is exactly how we'd want it. Ooh, but we need 20,000 off. How hard will you push them to say, if you can stretch, stretch? I don't, I don't. You don't? It's not, it's usually that's a conversation between the contractor and the client. Okay. And they start striking things out. And I'm, a, I'm, most people don't really bring me back into the picture. Maybe because they don't want to tell me they're not doing something. You know, there's might be a little bit of embarrassment there. I'd rather they tell me so I can rework some things, right? And see if I catch any like, okay, but we're going to have an issue here or this is going to affect that. But the most common thing I think is for people to just not do their project if they can't have big things like that. They mm-hmm. usually find a way to do it. Right. And I've I've been designing now for a long time, thir- 13 years or so. <laughs> a long time. And I've been really sensitive to people. I'm, I'm realizing that I'm being, I'm more of an empath than I thought, right? I right. take people's, I take people's stuff home with me mm-hmm. and I stew on it and I get really upset by it. And, and I used to take, I still do to any of my potential clients that are listening. I <laughs> used to take when people said we can't afford it so seriously and I would do everything I could to find a lower budget option or to make it work or to tweak something. And I would work so hard. And then in the end, they always go above and beyond what they told me they could. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So now I'm going to focus on designing pretty things so that I really <laughs> like. And so we're not going to worry about that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Fool me once. Fool me like 500 times. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think, so I'm very respectful of the budget too. When they say we've got, you yeah. know, a $100,000 budget. And it's like, 
I'm very respectful of that. And, and we will sometimes come out where the budget is higher. And I don't ever push them to, well, it's like, well, couldn't you just scrape together another $25,000 to get this done? I mean, I'm, I work it where it's like, okay, I, I need to get below that number. And I think that some homeowners feel like when they give us that number, that budget, that that's what we're that's what we're aiming for. We're trying to we're trying to fit everything for that number, which is not the case. That's not the case for me. Is it the case for you? No. It's like, mm-hmm. what do you want? Here it is. This is what it costs. I'm sorry, it doesn't come inside your budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're we're giving you what you want, and if you really really want it, then wait. Right. We've talked about yes, this before. Right. Just wait, or or you know, if you don't really want it, then let's just take it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They really put it on us, though. I have to say, sometimes they just they just layer it on. And it's like, I don't know what to tell. I feel bad. I don't know what to tell you. This this is the reality of the situation right now. Um, I think that's an important point, because I and part of what we want to do with this show is, you know, how how can I change my expectations? How can I find out that I want to spend 20,000 and this is a thirty thousand dollar project? Or more likely, it's a $50,000 project. So how am I supposed to get that education? Before I waste your time and, and say, this is what I want, um, you know, what, what's the preliminary? Or do you do that in kind of the initial conversation to say, you know, do you give ballparks? Because I think that's comfortable for me to say, walk in, I need 15 minutes of your time well, to I, say I need this and this and this. And you're like, that's between seventy-five dollars and $100,000. That's... 10 to nothing's going to be 10. Everything is 20,000, you know, or whatever. (laughs) As a designer, budget is not, final budget is not up to me. It's up to the contractor. Yeah. Uh, I can give, I can tell you like my gut on what I think it's going to cost based on other projects that I've seen and an overall of it. I can price out cabinet packages, but I also, and I've had some contractors, they've been like, well, you make this pretty specification book. Why don't you put pricing in there? Because I don't know what you're going to, that is not my business. I don't know what you're going to market up to the client. When a contractor calls me and he's have, you know, they're having problems with the cabinet package and it's cost, you know, and, and they're like, I didn't mark up the cabinet package at all. I have no money in this. I'm like, that's between you and the homeowner, you know? And so I, I don't, if a client comes to me and they say, I want to do a, a, a small addition to my house and I have $50,000, I'm going to say, I will tell them that's not enough. Right. So I'm really more of a black and white. Like that's, I think we're, and I, I think, think we're good. Helping. Yeah. Or I think that that's not realistic and I'd rather not work with somebody. I'd, I'd rather pass on a project where we're not going to build it. I want, my goal is for the project to be built, be successful, happy homeowner, happy contractor, pretty photos for me in the end. Right. So it's not, if I, if I, I, I want to make sure that there's a realistic expectation. So should I talk to a <clears throat> contractor first, a builder first? That's what we do. You do, it, yeah. We we get the we get the call in from the client. They want a kitchen remodel. Okay. And I'll spend twenty minutes to half an hour on the phone with them, uh, just going over. It's like, what are you looking for? You know, how old is your house? Just asking all these questions. Um, and and I will tell them it's like, well, kitchen remodel without doing anything really fancy mm. starts at fifty thousand dollars. And it's like, how do you feel about that? Yeah. And with what you've when with what you've described to me, I, I'm thinking it's going to fall within, you know, 75 to 90 
because we're moving the plumbing, because, you know, you've got a lot of cabinets, because, you know, those kind of things. Do you base that off of more size? One, how much are you moving around? But how are you getting that $50,000 number? Is that the square footage of the, the room or the kitchen? It's Is just it at least historical. Something? It's just kind of historical. It's like whenever we do a bathroom, it's always over $50,000. Or not a bathroom, but a, but a kitchen. But a kitchen. Right. But I mean, if it's, but there are different everything. kitchens. Right. Yes. I mean, significantly. That's there's... why it's called a ballpark budget. Right. And it's just to give them... Well, because just they're... A, fair enough. But I'm just asking, how are you getting that ballpark? And is it square footage? If they say, we're just kind of replacing everything, we're, we're, up, we're upgrading things, mm-hmm. but we're not moving enough around. Mm-hmm. And it's this many square feet. Or we're thinking about, you know, in the hemming and hawing, you know, go ahead and add mm-hmm. 15 to every hem and every haw. Because that's sticker shock. You know, for right. somebody who thinks I'm not moving anything, you know, the sink is going to stay where it's at. Well, that's why we're having and, that conversation. Right. And, and sometimes it's hard to do it by square feet because we could have somebody that's going with a, a lower grade cabinet. Sure. Right. And then they've done <clears throat> tiling on the floor. Um, they're looking for, you know, high end appliances, those kind of things. And so their price per square foot is going to be you know, different than somebody that's like, I want Belmont cabinets. I want this Italian tile. There's a backsplash. I want this. So it's just that conversation of knowing the kind of details that they're looking for. It's like, oh, we just want basic subway tile as opposed to, ooh, I ordered this tile and it's just really cool. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, every one of them is is individual, (laughs) right? Right, right. So it's, and it is just to give them that number so that they're not, so then they can so, start down. Yeah. Right. Because sometimes people will call and they will have no idea what, right. a, what a kitchen remodel costs. They Clueless. We have people call us about ba- uh, basements, especially. Mm. Right. We want to convert our basement into a living area. We want to do it at ADU or whatever. <laughs> Is but that $5,000? No <laughs> right. Right. And I got $5,000. I have $5,000. Yeah, right. Yeah. And and I just a basement remodel to do that. You're starting at $100,000, right? Mm-hmm. Just, you know, and, and if $100,000 scares you, then that's something you don't get to do not, here. Right. It's not a conversation that we're going right. to have. Right. And I think yeah. one process that we do in design to help figure out a ballpark budget kind of is that we will go through those first few steps with them where we measure the house and we put it in 3D and we say, this is what that could look like. And then we stop and pass it off to the contractor and say, can you give us a ballpark budget now? Because you actually have plans. You have a demo plan, an addition yeah. plan, and then that might be a little easier for the square footage calculation to work. work. Yeah. However, I don't think the square footage model works very well at all because you every single, like, it's a $400 difference if you have to move the sink location or not. Oh, yeah. Right? right. Every right. single thing you touch is an add, and some right. things don't have to be added. So it just... I know that like three years ago, they were saying 300000 I'm sorry, $300 a square foot was a ballpark for residential remodeling. I calculate that out now. I'm like, no way. That's maybe 70% of what it's probably going to finish mm. out at. Mm. So mm. I don't, it's, it's just, I think we just kind of do it on gut, on what you say you're moving, kind of mentally add up in my head. Okay, we're moving this many fixtures. That's going to be $1,500. Bucks, um, and that's kind of the best you can do. Plus, getting your subs out there and doing that walkthrough is really important yeah, because yeah. Mm. then they're looking at what else they like. I tell people I I only have partial X-ray vision. Right. I, right. I see yeah. a bump in the wall and I know that there's something there, but I have to go down to the basement or I have to go up in the attic maybe to figure out what it is, 
Or if it's behind a toilet in a 100-year-old home, it's probably the plumbing stack, right? Mm -hmm. So even after we do all that design and and get to that contract, you open up the walls and, and then it's like, okay, now there's something else here that needs to be replaced. So... There's also ads and things that you have to, that contingency plan for after you start remodeling that's important as well. Yeah. And yeah. and as a designer, I talk to people about that. When I finish my design with them, I have this conversation about what the next steps look like. And those next steps are going to be, we're going to wrap up your project. We're going to send it to you. We're going to send it to your contractor or your potential contractor or whatever. And they're going to work up a price for you. And then mm-hmm. hopefully you sign that contract and you guys get started. Um, they're not going to have a price for you within 48 hours. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Okay. And then now, since because of the pandemic, now it's I don't know what their plan is for bidding projects during the pandemic, but you're going to have to talk to them about it. Well, well, what could it be? I don't know. You're going to have to talk to them about it. So you kind of sign up I really, to be a mom more than you want. <laughs> I really kind of, yeah, I do kind of the assist and pass it on and really set them up. Um, yeah so that they're aware of what's coming and what the next steps are. Yeah. I would think that alone would just make your life oh, a dream. Oh, it makes it so much easier. Yeah. Just, we get, you know, we get the information back and it's like, it's very clear what we're doing. We already and the have homeowner the has a little bit of awareness mm-hmm. yeah. of kind of what yeah. the next thing's going to yep. be. And, some, and I, you know, we talked years ago about that. It just like, if you just tell them what to expect, people can almost prepare for anything. You know, like that whole idea of, I want to do this renovation. I have this 50-year-old home. You know, I could open this up and we need to redo your entire, you know, right. subfloor. You've got you asbestos know. somewhere, so we have to do remediation and, and yeah. yeah, the list goes on. And How do you figure how to, the contingency, is that you or in the design? It's not really, I don't think it's either one of us. It's for them to know there are potentials for <clears throat> unknowns and 10, you may want to have 10 to 15% set aside for those. And it's it's a funny middle ground because if you're only replacing cabinets and countertops, there really shouldn't be anything, right? And if you're gutting the whole house, again, there's, you would think there wouldn't be too much, although there is. It's that middle ground where like it's, mm. it's, a, it's a middle of the road renovation that we don't know how deep the shower's been, how long the shower's been leaking and how far out that's spread. Yeah. So those kinds of things. And then yeah. trying to fit the new into the old, mm-hmm. right? I want Ikea cabinets in this 1920 house. It's like, no, you don't. Nothing's square plumb or, oh or straight, right? It's like you can't right. you can't do it. It's They just don't fit in there. Right. Um, yeah. So uh, so how do you get paid as the designer? Um. So we charge by the billable hour. Oh, you do? Okay. So, which is nice. Um, You know, I think some designers charge by the project. I don't know. I don't know any designers that do. I know that they used to, but we charge by the billable hour because for as long as you want to chit chat and and hem haw and hem and haw about your project, we're there. We're exactly. there with you, right? I'm you can just lay there. down on the couch and we'll do a therapy I'll, session. Yeah. You should have a little is... clock that's going ching, yeah. ching, yeah. ching, ching as you're as you're yeah. talking to them. One of one of my favorite clients, they had a kitchen with a kitchen remodel that was a small addition and a whole new garage, a three car huge wow. garage. And it took us to get it took us almost a year and a half to get through from start to finish, which is such a long time. They literally stopped for three months so the husband could build models of the garage <laughs> and what it was going to look like because he just, and, and they kept saying, you know, she just, she kept saying, I don't care how long it's going to take. It's my journey. And she basically is paying me to be her friend at this point. Um, cause she'll I, just be like, can you go furniture shopping with me? And just like, you could, you could 
you know, you could be overcharging me and I wouldn't even know. And it's so funny. And so it's just, you know, as long as I remember we went to contract furnishing mart and she had to see everything. (laughs) The first things I pulled out, she was like, I love it. I love it so much. I love it. And then she's like, okay, but I got to look at everything else. I sat down and started doing emails and she wasn't even offended. I was like, don't worry about it. It's your process. Go ahead. I love journey clients. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Tell us about your, uh, your designer. Um, Alicia. Yes. Alicia. Tell tell us about your, your kitchen design, um, journey journey that you had just recently. Were you a journey client? I was not a journey client. Oh, oh she's very cut and dry. I will never be a journey client. I Why is it journey. costing that much? <laughs> no, I like to understand things. I, I know. I just like to understand things. So we have a small kitchen and um, 1967, probably updated in the nine, late 90s, probably. Um, so we wanted to, we're really trying to get our deck done, but since that's taken over three years, where we decide, oh, let's remodel the kitchen. And <laughs> maybe uh, the deck will be done at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> no, the kitchen beat it. So we have it finished now. It was a, a kind of a fun project to think about redesigning because it was a small enough kitchen that you gained some things, but you lost some things, mm-hmm. you know, each. And so to settle down. and But we kind of had that idea of we wanted to move the sink. But I'm like, you know. The minute we move a sink, it's going to, you know, all this other extra stuff we had to do. And we did circle around back to saying, you know, that's something we really want. We really want to, to move that over. And I think the process was, the process is always painful for me. But um, uh, I think the cabinet prices surprised me was probably my biggest surprise. Oh, would you, yeah. Would you be willing to share what line and how much it was? I think it was a Belmont. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> it was... Because I did another kitchen remodel, a similar kitchen size. I think that's what kind of surprised me. Um, and they weren't Belmont, but um, I think I, I liked them. And they were more about what I wanted to pay for cabinets. <laughs> and then this turned around and it was like 12 to 13. Mm-hmm. And this is a small, this is small. Um, they're cool. I love them. I love them. But that money was a little hard for me to take. The plumbing I kind of understood. Um, and... And that's not installed. Mm-hmm. That was my contractor. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were the thicker plywood. We went with the thicker plywood. <clears> so, um, And the counters, they were kind of expensive, mm-hmm. you know. But mm-hmm. I needed two pieces rather than just the, I couldn't get away with just mm-hmm. the one. So I had to buy two of them, which half of it is still in my garage. Because Oh, nice. That's I, well, I'm thinking I could use it in the <clears> basement here. You know, when I redo oh, the basement. Yeah, we have Next $100,000 that I have. <laughs> According to you. Well, I think <laughs> what? from a design standpoint, that's one of the things that I'm really cognizant of is I educate my homeowners on right. what the cabinets are. Um, you can get in, in the box cabinets that come from China. You know, I have a line of ready to order, ready made cabinets that are ready, right? right? And they're plywood, but they don't come with a lifetime warranty. They're also very limited in sizes, you know, and, and so there's, they don't basically don't have support backing them. Um, you don't, you get what you get. You don't ask, you can't get what you want. Kind mm-hmm. of. So there's a big difference there, but also just, you know, that education of the quality that you're giving and giving the homeowner the choice of what they can have goes a long way. So when they see the cabinets, they're like, yeah, that's expensive, but 
we know it's what we want. Right. You know? Right. So yeah. they, they just do it because they've seen all the other options. I've shown them to them. Right. And they know that the other ones aren't as good. Mm-hmm. But what's your feeling about in cabinets, <clears throat> um, you know, the lifetime warranty type of thing with as often as people do kitchens, you know, do I need a cabinet that's going to last me 40 years? For the finish, yeah. The finish for your Belmont cabinets, that's a lifetime warranty. Mm. So oh, if sure. you repeatedly get your panel at the sink, your the dish, the the drawer panel that's in front of your sink while you're standing there, and you repeatedly get that wet and the finish ages, they will send you a new one. Craftmade mm. okay. has, Craftmade is made in oh, Ohio, I think, by Amish people. And they have a special department for their warranties because they've been around for a really long time and they have a number of finishes that have been discontinued. They have a special department that will still make those by hand. Wow, that is something. So that is something. And unfortunately, it doesn't transfer from, they don't transfer from owner to owner. But um, Well, that's fair enough. Right. But the finish itself is something that you can't, that even a custom guy can't do the finishes because the finish shops in the manufacturer's warehouses, they're allowed to use... uh, components and chemicals that the custom guys can't use because they're too small uh so it's they're better i can't even remember the really large four letter word four syllable words of what they add on but it's like i think even aluminum was one of them where they could bake it on there and it would just oh wow stay you know 14 coats custom cabinet guys not putting 14 coats on there no (laughs) right right. wow i'm already i already know i'm gonna work with her Anybody, oh, anybody okay. who, anyone okay. who will do a billable hour, I'm there for. Okay. Yeah, well, that's okay. what we are, billable hours. Just, yeah, that's what we just charge by the billable hour, and our rate is very competitive, especially since we have a full showroom. Right. Um, and, and, you know, the question sometimes, our question, the question is, well, can I get that less expensively from another designer? You absolutely can. You're going to be working with a designer who probably doesn't have a support system, and that's going to show, and that's going to reflect. And so things, but I have, two ladies in my office that are awesome. Someone always answers the phone. That's very important to me. Mm-hmm. Somebody's mm-hmm. always answering the phone. If you need, you know, if the client emails in the middle of their remodel and they're like, now we want to add LVT, we respond right away and we can get that figured out. Right. Um, where another designer's just got a huge workload and that's just really a stressful. By the way, if there's any real good designers that need some work and want to work for good firm give me a call <laughs> <Right>. nice. <laughs> like, nice. you can come work for me <laughs> nice. um i thought you had issues with your designer that that's what you were leading to i that's what saw, I, was, I saw that's that what, look in your eyes i was eye leading to that, that question the cabinet designer because that's the only designer i worked with oh is my cabinet oh, okay. person okay um very enthusiastic very knowledgeable and i learned a lot i learned a lot i f- i felt like i kind of got dropped at a certain point you was know. it after the cabinets were ordered or when you made 15 revisions before ordering them? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> I don't know. Those are the options. No, I was surprised. Um, initially, what I was going to do was a bathroom and a, <gasps> sorry, a kitchen and a bathroom. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when I started getting the numbers back, you know, I was leaning towards not doing the bathroom, but I really wanted the bathroom too. And, and I thought, oh, I'll be ordering my vanity at the same time as cabinets. And I had a pretty solid idea what I wanted the vanity to do. And I thought I drew that out pretty clearly. And I got three versions of what she wanted. And I think what was kind of available. So, I mean, I guess that's what I didn't experience going from the Chinese cabinet to the ready-made. I still felt like I was pretty limited in sizes. I think the way they use the word custom and it's not really custom. 
Mm. You have more choices on sizes, mm. but they're still just these sizes. And for an old house, I'm going to have weird, and I'm not trying to do anything strange, mm -hmm. you know, but I am going to need, you know, a little bit of wiggle room. Um, it turned out fine. But when the vanity didn't come back several times, then I'm just like, no, I want those open there, you know, and I thought we got clear. Then I just, I dropped the bathroom, you know, that, and then the money started, um, you know, adding up in the kitchen anyway. Mm -hmm. So I could just leave the bathroom for another time till I could do it the way I wanted to. So um, that's one really important thing. They're actually semi-custom, which means you can make some modifications, but not a lot. Right. Belmont can make dimensional modifications with height, depth. Most of those modifications can be made pretty easily. They are limited because they're a frameless cabinet. They don't have a frame. Right. And so when you're looking at that's there's three kinds of cabinets. There's inset, framed, and frameless. In, and frame is you have, let me see, frameless is like European. There's a three-quarter inch thick box, which is what you have. That's Belmont, right. right? Your hinges are attached to the side of the cabinet, which is why plywood is so critical on a frameless cabinet is because if that hinge pulls out of the side of the cabinet, good luck getting that glued back into puffboard. Right, right. Where when you have a framed cabinet, there's an inch and a half rail around the very front of that frame, and the hinges are actually attached to that face frame. Then a particle board cabinet is a little bit better. It's a stronger particle board than it was 30 years ago, right? right? But in all your important bits, everything that you see, the ends of the cabinets, the face of the cabinets, those are all solid wood. It's stuff you don't see that you can live with. It is fine. Right. And so that's part of that, like having a designer is really helpful because I can, you know, I can switch between which cabinet's going to get that better or I can say like, hey, we should just go custom if we can't get these sizes right. Right. Which I'm also happy to do. Cat selling cabinet packages to a contractor is just a bonus for me because then I get to make sure the client got the cabinet package they wanted. Right, right. Because every time as a designer, every single time we turn over a cabinet package to a cabinet designer, every single one of them wants to put their own twist on it, mm -hmm. which is what you experience with the vanity. They always want to put their own twist on it. And it's like, wait a minute, the client spent a lot of money with me to get it the way they wanted. Let's just go with that. Please. Right. <laughs> please. <laughs> Politely. Please. <laughs> so if we, I mean, we have a lot of vanities that we have to go custom for the same reason. It's just to get like super cool trough sink in the middle, you know, and just knowing where your boundaries are, where if you're just working with a cabinet designer, they may only be selling a certain style of cabinet or they may be limited in their knowledge and how to make things work. Yeah. And I, I <clears throat> do not want to disparage too much because right. um, there were some other nice things that I didn't think of and fell in love with the new corner pullout thing that you can do the little, the little P shaped snake thing. That was the best thousand dollars I ever spent. The Lehman, the Lehman's pullout. Oh, okay. The That's cloud right. pullout. Yeah. <clears throat> we use it every day. It's yeah. like having a movable shelf. You know, all mm -hmm. of our morning stuff is on that top shelf. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like a little thing, like, like you were saying earlier, it, it starts just like a little project. You know, we're just putting new cabinets in. Oh, yeah. And That's then it goes not how it crazy. happens. Yes. We're, we're right. just putting new cabinets in. We don't need anything else. <laughs> what about your countertop? Well. Can't we well, reuse it? Can't we just reuse that? Well, what about the flooring? I mean, yeah. isn't, you want oh, the no, same the foot? Flooring's okay. We'll just patch it we'll t where there's holes. You're spending how much? And you're going to do that? <laughs> you're going to hate it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. One last question. <laughs> What's up with wallpaper? It's back. <laughs> I know. That's a sad, sad day. OMG. 
Wow. We had a pro simple little laundry room project with, it was that self-stick. Uh, yeah, the self-stick wallpaper. Oh, my word. <laughs> Does it not work? Does it not stick? Uh, it, no, it sticks fine. It, it definitely sticks fine, but it's it's was a pain. Yeah. Definitely a pain. It's, and it was just, we annihilated it. It ended up being okay, but um, it was it was really hard and making sure your pattern's going and how you're overlapping and it could have been who I had installing. Right, well, you gotta have so. the good wallpaper guy. Right, you know that say, wallpapers. Yeah. It's so funny. There are not many of those around. They well, they died out after the recession completely. It was dead, and now they've come back. Mm -hmm. And that it's. Um, I've had a lot of older clients who actually did their own wallpaper back in the eighties, and and then I'm like, this is going to be really expensive, and they're like, fine, I'll do it myself. But they're like, well, how can it be so expensive if I can just do it myself? And it's like, well, the wallpaper guys, they come in and they prep the wall, they skim coat it, they make sure it's perfect surface. And then they spend a lot of time lining up the wallpapers together. These wallpapers come in 27 inch wide sheets. So can you imagine having to start eight feet high and drag down something that's 27 inches all the way down eight feet on a perfect seam and have it line up? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> no. Labor is expensive these it days. It is very expensive. Yes. <laughs> so, yes, it is. So wallpaper's back. I think it's fun. I'm having fun playing with a lot of patterns. Mm -hmm. um, I think that the style of the wallpaper's changed. Um, I think now it's, I'm really more of a, <clears throat> I've become more of a commit to it or don't do it. All four walls, not an accent wall. Kind oh. of, you know, like, or if it's a fun mosaic tile, don't Wait a just. Minute. <clears throat> you want all four walls the same paper? So oh, yeah. You are immersed in whatever you pick. You are. You love it. You love. It's an experience. It. Uh-huh. It's like accent walls went away. Like painted, like one paint bright blue. Mm -hmm. Your boyfriend's boyfriend's masculine blue wall in his apartment. Those are gone. <laughs> those, those are gone. Only bachelors are still doing them. But <clears throat> I guess I'm painting my my living room. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Amy. That's okay. I've been to your house. That's but, all right. Uh, I think what we're coming to is that in the 90s and early 2000s, we took like mosaic tiles and we used them as an accent. And we used, we would run it in a niche or we'd run it in a line around the room, right? And we just kind of splash things with it. And now I'm like, if you want a cool mosaic like that, let's do the entire wall. So where we're coming to is that um, people, I believe people in the Pacific Northwest, especially women, kind of like a very um, spa-like feel, not a lot of different colors. And so they're starting to come out of their shell and wanting more colors, mm -hmm. you know? And so, but we're not adding it in as a quote, an accent, it's going to be its own standalone thing. Mm -hmm. So instead of us running a mosaic through the back wall where it's like, you know, three inches around all three sides, now the entire back wall is my mosaic. And the two wing walls of the shower are big field tiles that are less expensive. Mm. You know, so playing with that, also playing with that cost. So we're seeing some fun things that cost a little bit more, but then buying dirt cheap field tiles on the side of it. Mm. And so it becomes more of like a modern, I don't know if monolithic is the word, but like more substantial, not so many little pieces and textures. Kind of bold. Yeah, Just bold. Like have that mm. feeling. Yeah. So wallpaper's back too, and for the same reason. And so I'm doing a lot of powder rooms in wallpaper. Um, okay, that wouldn't be bad. It's mostly it's mostly powder rooms. I How think. do you handle the uh, you know particularly new apartments around here are very small. 
how do you go bold without it feeling small? You know, I think you can still, it's just about the space that you're in. So if I was in a smaller apartment or a condo and I wanted to make a statement, I would do a, a full height backsplash at the kitchen sink, mm-hmm. you know, from mm-hmm. the bottom of the counter to up 18 inches high. And so, and, and sometimes, you know, taking it where the window, if the drywall around the window goes all the way to the ceiling, taking it all the way up there. Mm-hmm. So, but also in that space, maybe you don't use the bold colors. You step off the colors a little bit because it's how you add texture and color and mm. mix those two things. So <clears throat> you've got to think, I think about like when I walk in the room, what do I want to see? You know, what, what is the first thing I'm going to see? And so sometimes when I'm working with a client and they're like, well, what if we make this one thing black and everything else is kind of a light gray I mean, and our millwork is white. And I'm going to be like, well, is that what you want to say? That's going to be the darkest thing in the room. So your eye's going to be drawn to it. So maybe we should stick with white. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, that makes sense. So you kind of just want to focus on what do you want to see at the pretty fireplace tile and the kitchen backsplash. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, lots of things for me to think about. <laughs> are, we doing oh, a, are we doing a remodel at your house, Amy? Yeah, I need new cabinets. <laughs> Actually, I do. Yeah. Do you have a roster that you work with? You know, that... Uh, Contractors? Yeah. How, how large is your... It's just one. Just one. <laughs> my most important, my most number important. one is Amy. <laughs> got it, got it. Um, I do most of my, for for as much time and money and energy as I have put into trying to do Google AdWords and pro house, I'll tell you what, I can't, my best referrals and really my only referrals are directly from contractors. And so I have, you know, all of, most of our business comes from contractors. And so I embarked on Google AdWords mm. over a year and a half, two years ago almost, to try and share that back, right? To give that back. And it it doesn't work as well the other direction. I, I don't understand why. Um, so most of, we do have a pretty large roster. We have a lot of contractors that we work with in Seattle. Um, a few up north, there aren't very many. And some over on the east side as well. Mm. So you're covered. We are covered, yeah. yeah. We, gave, we gave you a referral one time. Somebody called and they had... I think it was a, uh, an addition they were doing or something or another. And, and you went through everything. You got permits, drawings, and everything. And then you threw it back to me. And I looked at it, and I'm like, oh, that's too big. <laughs> we're out. Yeah. <laughs> and she yeah. had to find somebody else to do it. Yeah, we actually didn't get that far oh, with really? the permits. Oh, I thought you had. No, I oh, called okay. you, and I said we have – they wanted to do a ballpark budget. And I said, you know, we have the new floor plan. We have the existing – Amy shied away from it because she's very smart and she had the intuition that those clients were going to be awful. Oh, it was, that was, Oh, now that's in the cloud. Now that was in the cloud. Now, Um, 2021. What are the colors of the year? Well, I think I heard it was like neon yellow and gray from someone else. Oh, Sarah Beth told me, but I think that the, actually the colors for 2021 is going to be a light, like gale blue. With like some blue and gray in it. Everybody's really liking the, the, not the navy blue, but like lightening that up in a little pastel in it. Um, And green. 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 Together. No, not together. Oh. Just two colors. You ask the color, I can't decide. Oh, okay. Okay. So I give you two. Uh, We will do questions and answers next time. So if you have any questions that you want to ask Amy, please email us at askamy at amyworks.com. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Alicia. Thank you, Selena. Thank you.
This podcast is sponsored by Amy Works, a residential remodeling contractor in Seattle. We want to help you realize the dream of your next kitchen, bath, or basement remodel. Check out some of our work on our website, amyworks.com. Give us a call at 206-478-2019 or send us an email at help at amyworks.com.